What's up, everybody? This is Mind Your Money with Miss Be Helpful, a show that highlights people and stories that will inspire you to get your money right. And we're kicking off a series talking to a lot of different Latinas about money for Latinx Heritage Month. And one of the things that I notice a lot of companies and a lot of like social media profiles will do is highlight Latinos and Latinas who have a big following and who have all these achievements and accolades. And like they already have so many eyeballs on their work. And I really wanted to make sure to think about back when I was getting started and how I really wanted people to pay attention to me and see some of the hard work that I was putting in. And so I started looking on Instagram for some of the creators that are starting out now. And I wanted to really elevate and lift up those voices of Latinas in the space, specifically talking about money, personal finance, wealth building, business. And so that is how I came across Maribel, who is known on Instagram as Our Wealth Matters. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Welcome, Maribel. Thank you, Yaneli, for having me. And thank you for highlighting me on your podcast. Of course, I'm so happy to, to just be able to network every chance I get and meet new people and especially when they're doing similar work. So I love, love, loved all of your Instagram stuff so far. And I just want to learn more about what you're doing. Now, I know that you're a money coach, but let's rewind a little bit before you started coaching about money and helping people really figure out their financial plan. How did you get into personal finance? And tell us a little bit of an introduction about who you are. Yeah, so my name is Maribel Francisco, born and raised in California from Purepecha descendants. My parents are both from Michoacan, Mexico. And I got started in the personal finance space just because I was interested in me, right? I was working in a company and I had originally... Um, not known how long I was going to stay there because I was working on my studies as well. And so after being there for a couple of years, I was like, I really got to get on it. And I knew a little bit about 401k, but I was like, I'm not really sure what's going on here or how to maximize it the most. So I went down a rabbit hole in YouTube <laughs> and just like every question that I had, I opened up like new tabs. I had like five new questions for every video that I saw and then just like went through everything and was like, came out the other end going like, okay, I understand this now. <laughs> and wow. you know what? I feel like there's a lot of people that don't and I'm going to be here for them to, to show them how to do it too. I, I do feel like everybody can start at least and that learning phase, like on their own with all the free stuff online. So, and I know a lot of people don't do it, but I really commend you for doing that because I do feel like it's, is nerve wracking. Like when you start off and especially if you have a big amount of debt or if you're in a financially stressful situation that you just don't know where to go, where to start, what to do. And the fact that you were like, you know what, I'm just going to pause everything and just figure it out myself right now. And that way I'm not confused anymore. Like I have answers to these questions. Like that, that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Because even when I talk, meet new people, you know, we're like in line waiting for Raging Waters was the latest one. And I made a friend of a friend. And so he's like, yeah, I'm changing my jobs. And, you know, we started talking. I was like 401k, Roth IRA and like Roth and traditional. And he's like, hold up, hold up. Like I'm already lost. And I get it. I get it. I'm like, even just somebody trying to learn, they're like, what do I type in? You know, what do I put into the search bar to get the right results? You have to know a little bit about money before you you can actually figure out like what the right language is to type in to find the articles to find the episodes and the content that's going to help you. So you are you're right on the money with that one. Like people don't know what to ask. They don't know the questions. And that makes us feel like shame, like ashamed and all this guilt and stuff kind of just like it keeps us from learning more, which is the sad part, because it keeps us away rather than bringing us closer to learning. Um, I always like to start my podcast with just talking about like, you know, mentioning shame and guilt and all that, like just putting it all out there, being raw and real, like what yeah. for you, what was the worst financial mistake or the biggest money regret that you have that if you can go back in time and never do that 
ever, what would it be for you? So as I mentioned earlier, I started a job. I didn't know how long I was going to stay there. And so I was thinking like, I may not, I don't know where I'm going with this. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to contribute to my 401k. And I had just taken out the money from my prior jobs 401k because I didn't know what to do with it because they called me up and they're like, you need to do something with it. And I was like, what do I do with it? And they're like, well, you could roll it over into an IRA, wait five years, you can cash it out, you can do this. And I was like, I'm going to cash it out. I don't know what you're talking about, roll over and stuff. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And I was thinking of going back to school full time. And I was like, well, I necesito el dinero. So yeah. I moved over to my other job. And I was like, I still don't exactly know what my plan is. So I then I was like, I'm not going to contribute to my 401k. Porque que tal si en un mes o dos meses, a couple months from now, I'm going to leave and I'm going to need that money for my tuition. So that's the mindset that I was in. Fast forward two years later, I'm still at that job. It's a great team. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to get on it. I need to start contributing to my 401k. Pero no nomás quiero estar poniendo dinero así nomás. I need to know what I'm doing. And so that was it, like losing two years. And at first I was like, okay, so I didn't put money, right? But as I started learning more about personal finance, about the stock market, about compounding interest, I realized that I didn't just lose two years of contribution. I also lost two years of matching and two that's years right. of compounding interest. And that's where I was like, oh my gosh, like even if I thought I was going to leave my job within like, say a month, I should have still contributed. That's right. I think a lot of people don't realize that that 401k match is part of your salary package. It's part of your benefits package. Like if you think about it, if you have, if you're making $50,000 and you get a 5% match, you have to think of that as like, okay, I'm essentially, if I put in 5%, they're going to put in another 5%. So by just putting 5%, I'm actually putting 10% of my income into that account. But even with just 5%, it's giving me 10% total in there. So that's mm -hmm. one way to think about it, how your money's literally being doubled. But the other way to think about it is really saying to yourself, well, the full package that they offered me is most people would think that it's, you know, that it's a $50,000 salary, but mm -hmm. it's actually 52,500 because that 5% match, if you do, you know, if you do the math that you do uh, 0 0.05 times your $50,000 salary, that's 2,500 extra dollars that they want to put in your account for you that you're saying no, because you don't want to wait for that money. And mm -hmm. it just, it's like, uh, now I recognize sometimes you're not in a position where you can wait. Like in your case, you're like, maybe you actually did need that money right then and there for tuition. But as soon as you had the opportunity to start jumping on it is so important. I mean, I'm so glad you finally came around and you're like, let me sign up for this for one day. <laughs> yes. Yes. Especially after two years, I had built up a little nest egg. So now even if I do decide to go back full time, I have a little bit holding on me, um, like waiting on me to go back and I can start pulling from that. Yeah, that's very smart. And I know there's probably a lot of people out there who've made that same mistake as you that you said where you didn't know what like what to really do with the rollover. You didn't understand like all that. So you just took the money out. I mean, I remember the day that I got a phone call when my first job, when I left, they called me and said that it was an HR person that, you know, I used to work with when I was at the old job. And they called me and said, you know, you have three choices. You can leave it there. You can move it to roll it over to another IRA or you can cash it out. And then she, thank goodness, she was like, and I can't tell you what to do and I can't give you advice, but if I could go back and be your age, honey, because she was like a little bit older. <laughs> so if I could go back and be your age, honey, I would, I, it's very tempting to take this cash out and just go use it. But let me tell you something, you're going to regret it later if you do that. I would just do a little bit of research. You don't need to do anything right away. If you want to call me back next week after you do some reading and find out about the rollover or leaving it here, like 
make your decision and then call me late, call me later to let me know what you want to do. And that was such a blessing because it allowed me to go online and look up, like, should I leave my old 401k where it is? Well, in my case, it was a 43B or should I roll it over to an IRA? That, that kind of helped me to just start learning about all the things that you're talking about. And I'm like blessed that she was on the phone telling me like, don't do this, honey. Don't take the money out. (laughs) And I feel like we all need that person, right. To guide us. Even ese tantito, that little bit that she provided was just like, okay, you know what? I'm going to research this rather than like, okay, I'm going to take out the money. We all need that little push. That's so true. And that's, you know, I, I, that's why I love when I see young women, specifically Latinas, who take their wisdom that they've developed from all their research, from all their time looking at and say, you know what, I could just keep it to myself and my family and my friends, or I can go online and like create a whole platform. So that's the beautiful thing about seeing so many young women creating content now, talking about money openly and just inserting ourselves in the conversation. Like, look, we part of this too. You know, it hasn't been for us historically, but we, we part of it now. Yeah. And I just... Love, love, love that. Um, and we're going to talk about like, you know, the content you've been creating, what your goal is with the platform that you have, Our Wealth Matters. But on the other side of the question I asked you about regrets, I always like to ask, mm-hmm. what is a time where you spent a lot of money? You splurge, right? But you don't regret it. You won't, you literally would never change it. Even if you could go back in time and people look at you like, you're crazy, that was too much money. For you, it was worth it. And you would do it again in a heartbeat. Yes, so- after college, I was I was lucky because I got my tuition paid by scholarships for academics and stuff. And so, you know, I came out of college without debt and I even had a little leftover in the bank account. So I actually had a study abroad, short term study abroad class and I had to go to Germany for one week or I would get an F in this class. So I was like, wow. mom, I have to go like that's part of the curriculum. I have to go. Pero todo es plan con maña. So I walked to the stage for graduation. The next day I was on a flight to Germany. Like I needed to be there ASAP. I didn't even get to go to any graduation parties and I feel so bad about that. Um, and, but I was gone, you know, and my mom just took it really hard. Like me, because now I don't have to come back for school, right? Anyway, so I left to Germany. I was supposed to be there one week. I had contacted a friend and I was like, can I come stay with you? And he was, that's fine. So max two weeks, it was supposed to be max two weeks. I had a friend who I had previously studied abroad with. He was coming through back to the US through Europe from his other study abroad type uh, assignments. And I was like, yo, can I tag with along with you? And he's like, yeah, sure. We may become separated at times. And I was like, that's fine. But he's like super outgoing. Like I'm outgoing, but he's like way more outgoing. Wow. That two week trip turned into six months of backpacking uh, Europe. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yes. Wow. And I met so many people along the way, people so many people from in different countries that we got to stay. We were couch surfing, which literally means you just go on a website and you look up people and you're like, yo, can I stay at your place? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. Sure. And these are complete strangers. You don't know who they are. All you have to go off of are the reviews on this website. And if they are a brand new host, they got no reviews. Like, yeah. you're, yeah. you know, it's, but I was like, at least the website knows I went there, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's some history record on the internet. Yes. So, um, yeah, the first country that I met him up in, we were staying with a host family and they themselves were travelers. And they're like, yeah, we used to couch surf too before the internet you know, was invented. Uh, people think it's weird, but it was yeah. definitely not weird. It was like the original Airbnb before Airbnb was a thing. Yes. No, so they were saying that they were doing it even before, like they wouldn't do it online. And I was like, wait, how were you doing it? Were you just like meeting travelers and going? And to them, yeah. they're like, yeah, you strike up a conversation 
and wow. then you know they let you stay with with them and I'm like oh my gosh like I'm over here going like it's a website and I'm it's still a little sketch um, right. but oh no I got to meet so many families I still talk to a lot of families some people have come over to just vacation in LA and I'm like yep I am here tell me when you're you're coming and I'll show you around so wow. it's super great and I still have like open invitations to certain countries so I would not trade that experience at all that's amazing so did you use up all your savings during that time like where how were you paying for this yes. trip because you had yes. just I mean you said you didn't graduate with any debt so that's great but you did have some savings is that what I had what you were some savings on? yes so mm -hmm. I had some savings and then I used them all up I was like going through my bank account recently <laughs> going like how did I do this um I used it all up and then the class was actually giving us a small scholarship to do this trip so that got used up and then um like my account got to where you have to start. I have one of my accounts is Bank of America. You have to start paying $12 if your like money runs oh, under no. a certain account. And I'm like, dude, I'm already poor. So now you're charging me more. And Preach. yeah, seriously. And then I didn't have a travel card. So they were charging me fees to take out money. And I was like, oh my uh. gosh, this is, these are all the money issues that are like, I wish I knew a little bit more. And then traveling with points, I didn't use that at all. Cause I didn't even have a credit card at that point. Uh. And so my I told my mom um, take out all the account send it to me take everything close the account like I don't want to be paying for these $12 and I was like no because <laughs> I think her worry was that like I wouldn't have anything to come back to unbanked. and that like I'm right. just gonna I'm just gonna be gone like I'm just gonna be like yeah. done uh so she's like no I'll I'll help you and I'll, I'll put a little bit of money in there to keep you above that balance so you don't get charged $12 a month and yeah. so she was helping me out and then when I came back I worked and like paid her off. So, you know, I, I would like to say that I did it all myself, but no, my mama really helped me a lot. And I'm super grateful for that because even though she wanted me to come home, she's like, no, I will support you. And that's fine. There are so many banks that offer free checking, free savings, credit unions that offer free banking. So there's no reason why you should, if you have an account that's charging you $10, $5, $12 monthly account fee because you don't have a balance that you're supposed to have, you need to take this as a call to action to start doing some research because you definitely need, should be checking and, and uh, saving and doing banking absolutely free. It's 2021. Like, stop. These fees are ridiculous and totally unnecessary. Um, in your case, like, you're so lucky. And shout out to your mom because that's amazing. Even even though you left, she's still holding you down and helping you out with that bank account. And that, that's the beauty of, of, of a mom, right? Like, mothers are so amazing, so resilient. She, that was incredible on her part. Especially Latino families. Like, you know, I'm still living at home. I feel like they're that's very right. tight-knit. And so when one child goes away, they take it really tough. And so I was just, that's like, right. thankful that she was like, no, no, no. We're not going to close your account. I'll put a little money in there and, you know, just come home when, you know, make sure there's enough <laughs> you money get this left out to come home. <laughs> right. yes. And I'm so That's grateful true. because I've been working and like, if I didn't go and take that time off, I'm like super overachiever, right? Like trying to graduate with honors, put like made a student organization called the Society of Women in Business. And like, I was trying to complete all of these things in college that I was so burnt out by the time I graduated. So after that, I'm so thankful that I got to take this trip because if I went straight into work, I would just be so burnt out by now. I'd probably be like, I need to leave. You know, when somebody has yeah. kind of like that picture of palm trees sitting next to their desk, that would be yeah. me. Just waiting for the day to be out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's not like, yes, I still want to go on vacation. I want to travel. That's that's what I want to do in my retirement, my guilty pleasure, any chance I get. But it's not like I'm not hating my job because I didn't get to travel, you know? 
That's right. And I think that's a good thing of getting it out of your system early, like getting a trip like that for so long, like six months is such a great trip. And it allowed you the opportunity to see what you want to work towards now in your career, how like building wealth means something to you now versus if you graduate, you go straight to the workforce, you start working right away. You know, then you're just desperate for a vacation. You're dying for a break and you, you know, you don't have an opportunity to really take a break between it. It really develops you and grows you as a person, gives you like a new perspective. And then when you come back, you're like a new person. You really are a new person. I think after traveling, especially to many different places like that. So that's a beautiful experience. I, I, I agree. Like travel for me is something that I don't think I would, even if it was a lot of money, I don't think I would regret it because it does something to you when you come back like yes. fresh and ready, you know, like a totally rejuvenated person. Yes, I totally agree. Yeah, that's a that's amazing story. And, and, and shout out to mamas out there who always find a way. They always find a way. It's like, I don't know where you get the money from because I know you're struggling, mommy, but you find a way to send me $20. You know, it just it's it's incredible that like mothers will do whatever it takes will go above and beyond for their children because they know like listen whatever I was not able to achieve whatever I didn't get to do I'm like doing everything I can for my children to be able to have that to have those experiences and do those things I didn't do and so it seems like your mom was really thinking like all right I can't let her you know just be out there doing like I want her to have this experience even even if it's you know she wanted you close but it's still something that she knew would be valuable for you. And she made that little sacrifice. That's, that's a beautiful yeah. thing. And I think it's not, it, it was kind of strange, not super, porque ella all her life, even now she has a seasonal job, but all her life, even when she worked as a seamstress, summer comes around, my vacation from school would come around and she would just tell her bosses like, all right, I'm leaving to Mexico for three months. I'll see you in three months. And there was one time, like a really big job that came in and she was like super, she was like the star seamstress, right? Um, that the, the boss was like, no, you can't leave. We have this job and it's due in, in a week. It's due next week. And she's like, well, I guess you'll have to turn it in. She wow. left and she would just take these trips. Like that's her. And, but she always went back home. You know, I like left <laughs> to away yeah. from And she came back three months later and the boss she's like oh hey can I have my job back and the boss is like yes that job that was here when you left that's still here like all these people have not been able to finish it you have your job back if you want it and she's like yeah I'll start right now thanks for holding my position (laughs) type of thing like she's boss well you know what when you have that kind of talent and that level of skill where you know that your value like she sounds like she knew she's like look I'm leaving whether you like it or not because I know you need me more than I need you. And that that yeah. is a blessing to be in that position because then you really do have independence, full full independence, you know, regardless if you do need the money there, you know that when you come back, they need you. Ugh. That's like, an, you know, amazing that she worked to become that good at sewing that they need her no matter what. Yeah, That's and I was like, mommy, what if they hadn't taken you back? And she's like, there was four or five other companies, like it's minimum wage paid job. Like there aren't people like, there are a lot of people needing jobs. There aren't a lot of people flocking. And I remember going to the fabricas with her. There is no AC. You get bathroom breaks, contaditos. When phones started coming up before cell phones, you needed to ask permission to go take go a make, phone yep. call or go yep. make a phone call. You couldn't do the tenian. It was, I don't know what I imagine a sweatshop to be, but I feel like that's American standards of it, you know? And there, yeah. some of them, they pay you cash. No phone check it necessarily. So you're not getting the benefits. That's so right. She was like, there was four or five other fabricas I could have gone to that I know they would have hired me. Yeah, I, that's such a good point. The type of 
uh, labor that immigrants are put through when they come here. I mean, factory jobs in and of themselves, it's like ridiculous. And it's just, I mean, the fact that a, the opportunities are there if you're willing to put in that work. I mean, your mom knew. She's like, look, not everybody is going to be willing to work in that condition. So I know that if I'm willing, I will be able to find a gig. But she, I also just love the fact that even though financially you might not be all whatever, but there is other priorities that she had. Like that, and that's like my goal is like, I never want to get to the point where money is everything. I want to be able to say to myself, there are things above money that matter more to me. You know, my loved ones, the people that I care about, my family, things that my health, you know, things that like, there's no amount of money that's going to replace my mom or replace mm -hmm. my boyfriend or replace my health. Like, and that, so it's like, sounds like your mom has always had that. And that is, whew, that's hashtag goals. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like, she's my role model. That's where I aspire to get to is her level of success and her level. Like now she has her own business and it's a seasonal job. So she yeah. still takes those summers off and goes like, she's like, I'm leaving. <laughs> Bye. Listen, so I'm just like, yes, that's where I'm trying to get to my own business, have a seasonal job, travel or study in the free time away from the job. That's what I'm trying to do. That's amazing. Shoot, look, I'm about to have to have your mom on the podcast next. <laughs> like she sounds like those for real. No, I mean, but you know, you know, it does sound like the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. You're building something yourself and getting started with something that you're passionate about. Um, so tell us about Our Wealth Matters. Why was that something that you were um, ultimately drawn to to create? And why, you know, why go and make it such a public platform? Because you can do money coaching with, you know, people that know you and like friends of friends, but no, you went straight to Instagram. <laughs> you have your platform. You're telling everybody about what you're doing. And it's incredible. But I know sometimes a lot of people are hesitant. So what made you do it? And tell us a little bit more just in general about your platform our wealth matters so our wealth matters is a platform mainly on instagram but i also have tiktok and twitter where i basically disseminate personal finance information and my favorite types of clients are those people that are beginning to get into investing or that don't necessarily know where to start but they're interested in it and my target audience is familias inmigrantes and mujeres. Like, I feel like there was so much. Um, I, I Before I started it, right, before I took that jump, I went on Instagram and I was like, is there Spanish personal finance stuff on here? And I tried to look for it and I looked for it in the hashtags and the names and I couldn't find a lot. And some of that I did find was other countries, right? in yes. like Latin, you know, America and Spain. Yes. I'm like, that's great, but they don't got 401ks. They don't got IRAs. They got other that's things true. that they're doing, right? And right. I did see a lot of Latinas doing personal finance, but I didn't see it a lot in Spanish. And I was like, right. our familias inmigrantes, I feel like they come casi casi risking their lives just to yeah. get here. And their yeah. American dream is, you know, they're going to work for it and they might send money back to their country or they, you know, life doesn't work out. They end up having kids. They end up staying here longer than they expected. And so they're working two, three jobs just to make ends meet, but they stop short of supercharging their money because right. they're not investing it either because they don't know about it or they don't trust it or nobody's going like, yo, this is such a good deal in your 401k two times your money, like instantly because of the match. And then, you know, compounding interest. And I feel like there's information out there, but a lot of it, was not in Spanish and like really quick bite size for immigrant families to just kind of disseminate and actually just find out about this information. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna do that. That's amazing. And you're absolutely right. I, I got to tell you, I mean, I, there's so many people that write to me, email me, DMs, everything saying, do you have these videos in Spanish? 
And I was like, I am sorry, I don't, I don't. Because my, well, my thing is, my parent, the way that I grew up, my Spanish is definitely not impeccable. My Spanish makes, I always feel like a little self-conscious about my Spanish. And I don't really use it as much because I only, my parents are the only people that, you know, speak Spanish consistently to me. And even their Spanish, they grew up like in the campos of Dominican Republic. They didn't really learn to read and write properly in school and formally. So their Spanish is very, you know, it's like, it's like a choppy kind of like, a, you know, their own, like my dad, um, funny, my dad kind of, the other day I was talking to him about it and he, he called it a, a Spanish patois. He called it like, a, it's like, a, it's, ba- it's barely, you know, it's not like quote unquote proper Spanish because they, they just heard it and spoke what they heard oral kind of language and for me like imagine they passed that down to me so mine is even more removed from proper spanish so i've always just been more self-conscious and ha- i never really took that uh, initiative that call to action to create spanish content and to this day i always get people asking me do you know like where i can go to find this in spanish to show my mom to show my aunt to show my primas to show people like where can you send me and i'm always looking so when i found yours and one of the things i really liked about your your um even the tiktoks because i see you post on my as reels on instagram is that you'll see your your reel in english and then right after you post it in english you post the exact same one in spanish and i'm like i love that like imagine if all the content that all the Latinx creators were putting out, they immediately posted right again, right away in Spanish after they posted in English, like how powerful that would be. Um, and so anyway, I commend you for doing that because I know it's extra work. I know it takes so much time. I know it's like, you know, creating one video is like a lot. Imagine doing it again, second, two times every time you create something. So I, I definitely commend you. I'm like hats off to you for that. And I think it's clear, like you had this motivation of your own story, learning for yourself and then sharing it with other people. And, you know, for me, I feel like your target audience is like so clear to me that you were talking about immigrant families and women who are trying to leverage like, okay, how do I grow the money that I do have? But one of the things too, that I realized is like in that community, right. In immigrants and, you know, depending on the type of jobs women, most women in this country, especially Latinas, do service type of work, you know, serve, serving um, food or uh, retail or, um, mm-hmm. you know, these types of service industry jobs. And a mm-hmm. lot of times, depending on your opportunity that you were given, if, if it's like hourly and not uh, annual salary based, you might not even get a 401k. Mm-hmm. You might not even get that opportunity to invest through your job. So it's yeah. even more important that you understand investing because you're going to have to do it on your own mm-hmm. through an IRA because your job is not going to offer a 401k when you when you have hourly wages and you work in these types of jobs where, like you said, even your mom, for example, working sewing in a factory, like they're not going to set her up with a 401k plan, yeah. you know, <laughs> and like my dad, he he was he worked in a restaurant for many, many years and then he was driving a taxi cab after the restaurant shut down. Neither one of those jobs offered him retirement plans. So mm-hmm. now he's over 70, he's retired and it breaks my heart because every month we have my family, we have to get together and help him out because there's not, mm-hmm. the social security benefits are not enough to even cover his basic expenses. And if he had the opportunity through a job to set up a 401k, his life would be very different. So it's like this missed opportunity that so many in that community, in your target audience that they don't get that opportunity. So I feel like you stepping in, yes, of course, explain the 401k, but also opening their eyes to like, Hey, if you're not, if you don't get it through this job, if you don't have the type of job that sets you up this way, mm-hmm. it's even more important for you to understand this because you're on your own doing it all by yourself outside of your job at home on your computer or on your phone. 
Yeah. And especially like, you know, a lot of people get paid with 1099s. So like you got paid cash. Like yes. you, you got to pay the taxes for it afterwards, even though you're getting paid minimum wage. And that's a tax bill at the end of the year. But as you mentioned, you know, there's IRAs you can do. There's also solo 401ks that I, you know, when I found out about it, I was like, hold up, people working cash could have been doing this all along. All yeah, along. we need to get our community on this because if you do work for a job that gives you a 401k, you at least had your HR talking to you about what a 401k is kind of, or like set it up or auto enroll you these days, right? A lot of companies just auto enroll you. And then if you don't want your money going in, you have to take that step and that action to get yourself out. But solo 401ks, IRAs, like nobody's going to come up to you and be like, Hey, I'll help you set this up. Right. You got to know what you're going for. You got to, again, know the questions to ask. It's not just going to kind of, come to you and be like knock on your door and be like yo it's time to open me which we should we totally should that's why I'm like we should do that that's why I advocate for showing this as part of our education curriculums in schools Mm -hmm. because at least it comes to you and then you're like hey maybe I should open a Roth IRA or whatever that thing is called pero por lo menos it's it's in your mind that hey maybe that's something I should do or look into when you like remember to do it again you know even if it's after college that's fine pero at least yep. somebody mentioned it to you and you know it exists. That's right. That's so true. I mean, honestly, I, I, there's a lot of things that I remember learning in school that I kind of like, I know, but don't know why, because I'm not accessing that knowledge. I'm not using it. So you lose it. If you don't use it, that's what they say. If you don't use it, you lose it. But, but the thing is, if you never got it in the first place, then you don't even have a chance to lose it. It's just, it never even existed. You never even had a chance to maybe let that information have an impact on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so and I feel- I, it's just so unfair to not even yeah. give that choice, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's also why I wanted to make the content in Spanish, right? Like have mm-hmm. one person read it in English and then be like, oh, I see a Spanish content. Mm-hmm. Because they may not even know that it exists or that it's there, mm-hmm. right? Like, I feel like, before I was like oh wait I can invest in the stock market you know I feel like a lot of us see it as that's for rich people but on no like with a dollar ten dollars a month you can get started and that's why it's like okay a lot of content is out there in English and maybe like someone from my generation will see it and then if I see it in Spanish I'll be like okay because that way now they can start knowing about it reading a little bit about it maybe they'll come back and ask me and we can both like approach this person and be like hey can you explain a little bit more about what is investing, what is 401k or IRAs or personal brokerage, you know, without like not thinking like shit, I'm going to get lost. Like you've at least heard it. Yeah. Sorry. I no, that's <laughs> listen, say it girl, preach, speak from the heart. I, and I, I think it's so true because it, it's what you're describing is a ripple effect that you have the potential to create this ripple effect, right? It starts with you. You learn. You're like, wow, oh my goodness. I want to share this with my mom, my aunt, but oh, they don't speak English. Oh, wow. Look, Our World Matters has all her videos in Spanish too. Boom. Now I'm going to send these to my tia, to my mom. They are watching it. They're learning. They have questions. I know somebody who creates these videos in Spanish who I can refer them to directly to ask questions, to sign up for a coaching session, to ask more, to dive in more. But when those opportunities don't even exist, you know, one of the things I, I, I've recognized, especially like seeing the older generation of Latinos in my family, like they are less trusting. They There's yes. something about like the financial industry to them. It feels dirty. It feels slimy. Like these people are taking advantage. And, mm-hmm. and it's because of the things you've experienced yourself too. those $12 fees in that Bank of America account, man, get out of here with that. Like if you yeah. have that happen to you two, three times, you're frustrated <laughs> as all hell. Yes. You're, 
and you don't trust that bank anymore. Now you don't want to have a bank account. Now you close it mm -hmm. and you don't have, and you're just, and so that happens to so many because they don't understand all the terms and conditions and everything with their accounts. And now that's even more that they distrust or mistrust um, the banking and financial industry. So yes. then for somebody to come talk to them about investing their money and leaving yes. it and forgetting about, excuse me, they had <laughs> their money today. Like, yeah. Like you want me to give my money to who? Like, and forget about my money. Are you crazy? I need, so I think it just sounds so crazy. And when you connect them with somebody who is of the same background, cultural heritage, that, that allows them to kind of uh, bridge, uh, put kind of fill those holes and those gaps of trust that was missing. At least the cultural connection can be a little bit of a, a way to mend that. And it's like, oh, mm -hmm. oh, pero esta persona habla español. Okay. Yes. Like even that yes. makes them more comfortable, you know, yes. but a lot more comfortable. Yes. And I feel like that's why I did it because it was like, I want people to feel confident and comfortable with just, you know, listening to the information. And even if their HR in their brand new job in the US is going to explain to them 401ks, it's going to be in English and they're going to feel right. lost maybe. And they're going to be like, no, le entendí nada. Like, that's right. it sounds like a great opportunity, but no entendí. And so yeah. that's, you know, you get turned off. You're just that's like, right. uh, and you, we can't blame them for that. You get me? Cause it's they're especially immigrant families. They're coming from a new country. The financial system was not the same and mm. they may mistrust banks and the financial system here because maybe they didn't have a good financial system back in their country so right. listen they didn't grow up the way we did here in the u.s and so mm. it's tougher to get their confidence in you and build that trust and i totally acknowledge that that's why i'm like okay i'm gonna make them the english content and hopefully the person who then you know passes on the spanish content hopefully they trust that person and we can start building trust that way because i definitely yeah. think that it's something that you know immigrant families should take advantage of those investment opportunities here, supercharge your money to make it work for you instead of you working for it. But I can plus complete tu sueño americano like much quicker, you get me? And we, right. we know the stats, you can't save for retirement. You need to invest. If you just keep saving, it's not gonna be enough. There's no way mathematically, it's impossible to save your way to retirement unless you're making a million dollars a year, which then you don't need to be worried about retirement in that case. <laughs> like it's just impossible to the little tiny interest that they pay in a savings account is going to mm -hmm. take forever. Yeah. You, you're going to die before you see your money double. Yeah. And, and that's really sad. So I, I, I mean, I just love your passion for the topic and I actually saw you post on one of your reels was a tweet that, and I saw the tweet also where you talked about your passion for this class. Personal finance should not just be an elective. It really needs to be a full class, like full fledged mm -hmm. part of the curriculum. And I'm like, yes, this is exactly what, I mean, the work that I'm doing, I work at a nonprofit that we, we promote that as well. But I do think more young people need to be talking about that because what mm -hmm. I notice is a lot of teachers, you know, administrators, principals and stuff, they're fighting for this and saying, yeah, you know, this is what needs to be in the curriculum. But the teenagers themselves that are sitting in these classes is they they're the ones that need to lead the charge yeah and you know I think it also begins with us because they look to us as adults to be able to guide them and just be like listen even though you don't earn you know a high salary even That's if right. you don't go to college you can save you can like invest your way to retirement to a healthy retirement, even if you're earning like 50,000 or menos if you need menos that's great you'll be done with your goal much faster and start teaching them about the fire movement and how you can retire early how we're not put here on this earth just to work girl you're That's here fine. to like enjoy life do it let's get you there and it can be done before 60 something right retirement is an age it's like the number of your net worth and can you sustain yourself for the rest of 
like your life. And so to me, when I do my fire calculations, I'm like, yep, it's like, when are you, you know, up to what age? And I'm like, yep, a hundred. Yes. If I underlive that, that's great. I'll be fine. If I overlive that, hopefully I have taught my children about personal finance well enough that, you know, they're, they have a little extra and can help me out at that point, but I'll be past a hundred and, you know, <laughs> take care of your health and you will get there. Cause honestly, there's so many more people uh, living longer and longer. And I think that's the, yeah. the importance um, of imparting on the next generation, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we'll be around, maybe we won't, but we, all we can do is really impart that knowledge and that wisdom about what we've learned and taught ourselves with money to the next generation. And of mm-hmm. course, use the, the vehicles that we have access to, to create generational wealth. I mean, one of the biggest things that I always like to talk about is the Roth IRA, because a lot of people don't realize, you know, you in your 401k, in your traditional IRA, in any other type of retirement account that you have, you have required minimum distributions, RMDs. What that means, that means you have to start taking money out when you turn 70. Yeah. Now, a Roth IRA has, does not have required minimum distribution. There's no such thing as that. So if you don't want to touch it because you have other money that you, that's taking care of you in your retirement, you can just leave that Roth IRA there, leave that in those investments inside the Roth IRA to keep growing. And then you can pass it down to the next generation as a wealth building tool. Yes. That is, I mean, incredible. But again, if we don't teach this, we can't take advantage. The community cannot take advantage of it if we don't know about it. That's the reality. We're just like, <laughs> this is important, guys. You immigrated. Yeah. You did not immigrate to have the same type of life or worse than you had from where you came from. You know, you came to have a better life and investing will help you get there. That's right. Boom. Long-term and, investing, guys, not short-term. Yeah. That's just kind of gambling. I love, And I love that point. Um, that distinction is so important because I think the younger generations are getting so caught up in all the social media, all the, you know, there's so much content about trading and about Bitcoin, current crypto and all this stuff and you know, Forex. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's so easy to get caught up in that because you want, you want to speed up the process. You, you're like, I'm sorry, index funds, 10% on average a year, 10%. That's going to take forever. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get more than 10% because I don't want to wait, you know, that long. Even waiting till 45 or 50 is a long time, really, because most mm-hmm. people wait till their 70s, 65, 70. So cutting off 15, 20 years of your working life is a huge thing. So mm-hmm. when young people look at that and think, oh my goodness, like psh, I'm I'm trying to be done ways, I'm trying to be a millionaire at 30, I'm trying to be a millionaire at 25. It just it's like it kind of crushes my heart a little, my soul a little, because it's like, you know what, you're being brainwashed a little bit by what you're seeing on the internet you're seeing all of the outliers all these cases of young people that got really lucky and made a lot of money and now they're just trying to make it seem like this is what everybody can do they can do it everybody can do it and it's like eh, actually most people can't (laughs) (laughs) but see I love that there are those outliers though that at least got people like into investing at least in this pandemic Mm. and that got their piqued their interest. So there was a lot of people that got investing, right? And I'm going to be giving a talk at a university um, for a student organization, for Hispanic student organizations. I'm like, yes, um, about Mm -hmm. investing. And so I was like, hey, I can talk about X, Y, and Z. And they're like, yeah, can you talk about, you know, investing? Because a lot of people got into it over the pandemic. And I'm like, yes. And I will Mm -hmm. be talking about personal finance and just how to invest, but responsibly, right? Like you can be one of those outliers, but the majority won't be. So how we how can we get to those results where we're still having a good retirement, but more responsibly, y más a lo seguro. That's right. 
And that's the seguridad is the important part, that safety, mm -hmm. that security, because so many people are willing to risk everything when you're really young. You're going to hit a certain point where you're going to realize that doing all that risky business is not panning out. It's, not, it's yeah. cute when you're 22 to throw $1,000 <laughs> in Bitcoin and lose yeah. it and be like, dang, all right, next time. But when you're 32, oh, that's not that cute anymore. So you have to really start to figure out, okay, what are my priorities? And, and so, mm -hmm. I mean, I love that point that you made about at least it got them investing. But now mm -hmm. let's teach them responsibly and, you know, investing responsibly, yes. which is that next step. But at least they're in, at least they're hooked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's important. Mm -hmm. um, so let's pretend you were still in high school, maybe still in college age. What is, what is something that you feel that you really wish you knew earlier in your financial life? That I can't save my way to retirement. Like, honestly, mm -hmm. I think, you know, our familias, at least my family's an agricultural background. So I know that they do have a concept of generational wealth you know you have land you pass it on to your children it gets divided up but then they come here we don't have land the mm. most you can have is what your house I mean mm. most people right there are people who own land and you know power to you another level another uh, yeah, level another level <laughs> as the, we're trying to get you there you know if we <laughs> super successful person so here it's like you know I thought about it and I was like what's the next step though here like even if I get land over there, like, how am I going to manage it? What's my life going to turn out to be like? And I thought you could, I was like, I guess I just save money. And I had wanted to get into investing for a really long time. But I thought like, hey, you have to sit down. You have to look at all these companies one by one, figure out which one you're going to invest in. Oh my gosh, like the time that I have to dedicate a day. So when I went down that rabbit hole, that was me going like, yeah, no mas, I'm going to do it. I am working. I'm a working professional. I, I sat down and I found out index funds. I found index funds were a thing that were just a basket and you were instantly diversified. And that's what any financial you know, professional will tell you. Diversification right. is important. And that's so right. when I found this, I was like, what? You buy one stock and you instantly have 500 companies. I wish I had found out that index funds in existed much earlier because I would have gotten started investing much earlier. That's so true. And, and even if it's not index funds, ETFs are another opportunity mm -hmm. to all, to have automatic diversification. The yeah. index funds, usually you need a couple thousand dollars to start. Yeah. If you don't have that, hey, ETFs, you can start with $75, $150. You can start with a little, a little bit of money. And even more now with fractional shares, you can get started with a mm -hmm. dollar, $5. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that there's only more opportunity now, not less. And that's the beauty of like technology going into the financial space. FinTech is really creating more opportunity for anybody with a Wi-Fi connection and a bank account. Um, but unfortunately, of course, it does uh, have its restrictions. You know, you have to have a social security number so that you can, you know, actually invest in all these things. And so there's, of course, certain privilege that comes to having, you know, your documents in order here or at, yeah. even at the very least having a social security number, even if it's a work visa. So there's definitely some of that. Um, oh. But just the education, I think, is that first yeah. step. And so just to down my rabbit hole, right? Um, I found out they're now newly developed. There are actually index funds. And I don't know if I can mention the name of a company here because I'm not like promoting them or anything. I just think that their services are great. Mm -hmm. um, so they have zero cost index fund and this is Fidelity. They have zero mm -hmm. cost index funds. And so you don't have to hit a minimum to start investing in index funds. And right. they cost you 0% expense ratio, not 0, 0, point, like point right. zero, zero, zero something zero, zero, percent. One. It's like 0. 0.000 hasta infinito. And right. I was looking on their website. I actually found you can invest with an ITIN. 
which oh, I was awesome. like, what? And I called them up, right? Because I was like, this may be outdated. And I looked up Vanguard too. And Vanguard was like, no, you need a social security. So that's right. I was like, those are the two that where I have my current fund. So those are the ones that I wanted to, um, you know, look more into. Yeah. Uh, so I called Fidelity up and I waited till I got someone on the phone. And I was like, hey, I read this on your website that I can invest with an ITIN. Is that true? And they were like, yes, that's true. And I was, I had them on the phone for like half an hour making clarifying questions because you need to renew your ITIN every so often. And especially now, I think now maybe they're doing it every year. So we Mm -hmm. have an income tax business and we help people get their ITINs. So I'm like, I had these questions, right? Like I was like, these are the issues people with ITINs may face. And I was like, what happens then? And I'm like, it could be reassigned to somebody else. And that, so, you know, always advocate that you, if you have an ITIN, make sure you guys renew it. And they were like, well, we also have voice authentication. So if somebody activated voice authentication and two people with the same ITIN come to us saying they are both, you know, the proprietor of that money, whosoever voice authenticates with our service, that's who we're going to give priority to. And I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, I wow. had them on there for like a while, just being like, okay, making sure I'm getting this right. You are sure like people with ITINs, not social security numbers can yep. invest. And they were like, yes. And I was like, okay, That's guys, amazing. you guys are immigrants. We got you. You just need That's to right. be on top of your things too. But you can do it. You can invest here too. That's right. And I mean, so for those of you listening, ITIN is an individual tax identification number. As long as you pay your taxes, when you file your taxes, you have to create that. You have to apply for that number as well. And it will automatically, um, you know, be associated with you when you file your taxes. It's basically an opportunity for the IRS to see that, hey, even if you don't have a social security number that allows you to be linked to the IRS to do all the tax stuff, you are still handling your tax responsibility as a citizen would and should, even if you're not quite at citizenship yet because you're doing it with an ITIN number. And so I just love the fact that you shared that because I was not aware of that. And I think it's so important to share every opportunity and any opportunity where that's a possibility. You know, a lot of people don't realize that you can actually open bank accounts with an ITIN number. And that's one thing where a lot of people go, oh, I don't have a bank account because I'm not, you know, I don't have my social citizenship st- stuff ready. Yeah, I don't have my, it doesn't matter. You can, if, as long as you do that. Um, and, but and of course we are gonna be realistic here and acknowledge that there's some challenges you have to pay to set it up it's free technically right but it you have to do it manually on paper and all this stuff and it's like if you go to somebody to help you do it and if you have questions there, there's going to be a fee and every uh you know um agent registered agent that helps with with creating that number they all charge whatever they think is fair so you might pay 200 you might pay a thousand you might pay and it really varies so of course there are um, you know, there's money, there's some other challenges involved with it, but getting over those hurdles and getting that access to that number can mm-hmm. open so many more opportunities. So just knowing that there is a path is mm-hmm. amazing. And again, we're talking about this idea that as time goes on, more access becomes, it's more, everything becomes more accessible, more available, not less. So it's important to, you know, for us to disseminate this information and let people know, listen, it doesn't matter. You can still do it. You Now let's, now what's the first step okay what do we need to do to get you an itn number let's get that going once we do that then okay what do we need to do to set up the brokerage account right it step by step little by little but knowing there is a pathway that's that's the key this was such a great conversation maribel i love what you're doing um at the end of the show i always like to wrap up with a dollar bill uh money model or money mantra whatever you want to call it 
many message, but basically I'm going to take your beautiful face and I'm going to take Washington, George Washington's face and just move him over a little <laughs> bit, <laughs> move him over just a little bit. And you'll be on the dollar bill with a money mantra or money message that you want to share. So and the idea is like every time people use money to transact, like what is this thing that they should be remembering? What is this, this message that they should not forget about money so that they can really be the, their best, put their best foot forward when it comes to their financial decisions and, um, you know, the, all the, the habits and behaviors that they have around their money. So what would your money mantra be? It would be porque lo valemos, because we're worth it. That also just ties into how our wealth matters kind of got formed, right? Because matters is like, if you translate it, it's like nuestro dinero cuenta, but also matters can also translate into like a subject matter. And yes. like, so last, I don't know how to exactly translate that, but it's kind of like, la, like the discussions around money uh, I yes. hate when I like lose a word basically but <laughs> it has like a double meaning where it's like yeah, yeah your money matters but we're also going to talk about money matters and yeah. the subjects around money yeah I love that the pun the double entendre but also it is really a call to action for you to say you have to believe that you matter you have to believe that you are worth it because if you don't believe that to start you, you, that step one, you, you're not even taking step one. So how are you going to get to step two and three and step four and step five? Eight? Step one is just, I am worth this, this, I deserve access. I deserve opportunity, all the things that the American dream encompasses and everybody has their own version of it, but whatever it is for you, you have to believe you deserve it. Yeah. That's why on my platform, I call all my followers, Queens and Kings. Reinas y Reyes speak in the making because it's like afterwards, like once you understand all this, you're going to reign over your, you know, your wealth empire because you're going to have everything set up and then you're going to be a king, you're going to be a queen, you are going to be so confident and knowing that you're doing those money moves to set yourself up right and that's like on my posts i'm always like queens kings in the making like this is what we got to know um maribel let everybody know you know how else they can support you beyond just following you um in your work and if there's anything else that you wanted to share before we wrap up um, other than following me on my platforms, Instagram's where I'm mostly active on. Also, if you guys have like any schools or people that you want me to talk to, just, you know, get one-on-one -on -one with them, hablando inglés or español. Um, also, like I mentioned, if you guys have schools or student orgs that you're like, hey, we want to learn about personal finance, about investing, because it's not in our curriculum, dude, hit me up. Uh, you know, I will get there. Yes. If I can't get there physically, I will get there through Zoom because I yes. am dedicated to not just like the adults who are already working and have money, you know, also you guys who are universities who are in high school, who are younger and just want to know what is out there for you, even if you're not maybe going to university or, you know, have like a super high paying job, you guys can do it. And I want you guys to know that. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and your amazing story. Thank you. You're a great conversationalist. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Oh, I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <laughs>